on your PC, iPod or smartphone, this is the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. Coming up on the 14th edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast, it's time to focus on Motspur Park in London for the women's division of the AFL European Championships. We catch up with Great Britain Swans captain Laura Turner, co-coach of the Irish Banshees Pat Levy and captain of the European Crusaders Maria Foxcar. Those interviews and the information you need to know about the European Championships coming up on this edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. Peter Holden and welcome to the 14th edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast our 48th episode overall and as you heard at the top this is a special edition we're focusing on the women's division of the AFL European Championships which is being played as we speak at Motspur Park in London the men's division started it a couple of days ago the women's division kicks off on Thursday the 18th of August and be playing on the Friday and Saturday at the end of the podcast I'll give you those specific times and matches in in detail, but I will tell you at the top that the Women's Division Grand Final will be live video streamed. Uh, that'll be on Saturday, 2.30pm London time, and we'll go for an hour to shorten game. That roughly equates to about 11.30pm at night, Saturday night Melbourne time, or if you're in Perth at 9.30pm. We'll have details and the link to that video stream, hopefully for you, on our Girls Play Footy Facebook page and Girls Play Footy Twitter account on Saturday once we get those details. But let's jump into the interviews for the three participating teams in the women's division at the European Championships. The GB Swans started, uh, I'd say, under a year ago um, as an effort to combine uh, girls that play football in Scotland and England and bring them together to build up towards the International Cup that's played in Melbourne in 2017. Now, they kind of had a bit of a soft run uh, in the Euro Champions League, which is almost like a club-based competition and in the pre-season of the AFL London Women's League. This is their first true hit out as an 18-player side and hopefully building that representative team, as I said, to play in the International Cup. I have the honour of having on the line the captain of the Great Britain Swans in Laura Turner. Laura, thank you very much for joining us. Now, I need to obviously ask the question, you're British, so how did you get involved in Aussie rules football? Well, um... I was in Australia for a year. I spent a year out there working, took a year out of my job. Um, and while I was over there, I thought, I'm a soccer player. I thought, I don't want to play soccer. I want to try something new, try a you know a traditional Australian game. And went and watched the game and thought, oh, blimey, that looks like fun. But it also looks a bit brutal. Um, so went along and started training with the Sydney Uni Bombers team, who were just fantastic. Um, really very, very welcoming. Um, and loved it. Fell in love with it immediately, as soon as I did my first training session. And, of course, you headed back home to the UK. Uh, what year was that, and, and when did you start to get involved in the uh, women's football movement in uh, AFL London, which, of course, it's only been the second year of the competition there. Yeah, that's right. So um came back in oh, 2014, two years ago, um, and as I came out, just before I left, one of the girls said to me, oh, you should look at playing Aussie rules in the UK. And I laughed and said, oh, no, I can't imagine there's anybody that, you know, that's up for playing it in the UK. She said, oh, no, have a look around. So coincidentally, they were at the very same time we came back, um, there was a guy called Ian Baxter who was looking to set up an England uh, Vixens team um, to try and get some people playing. And at that time, they were just starting to, to set up the London uh, Aussie Rules League in London. Um, so it, I came back at absolutely the right time where it was all starting to take off, really. Um, so then met a few people through that, started networking, 
started to get all my friends involved. So I, I sort of basically badgered my uh, my soccer team girls who I thought would be good. I said, come on, come and try this game. I think you'll really like it. And they did. They loved it. Um, so now there's a sort of a small group where I'm from. And we, we live quite far away from London. So we play in the London League. That's just finished. We made it to the grand final this year with my, uh, uh, my team, the North London Lions. Um, unfortunately, we wouldn't win, but um, it's just been—it's just really great preparation now for going into the tournament. Of course, there's been a big step in the AFL London Women's competition, uh, starting from four teams last year, carried on with four teams this year, but all sides now being able to play 18 aside. Um, how important is that, obviously, for the Great Britain team going forward, not only through these championships, but when the International Cup comes around next year, of having that experience of playing the proper 18-a-side game? Oh, it's just been it's just been phenomenal. The rate at which it's growing, it's just it's huge. It's brilliant because a lot of the girls I mean I've played um eighteen aside when we were over in Australia. Um but a lot of the girls have, have no idea. They've not, you know, they've not played the game, they don't know the differences between playing the small sided games and playing training. Um so it's just been a fantastic preparation. I mean there's a, and also in that league there are a huge number of Aussies and Kiwis as well particularly, um, who obviously have played before, who've seen the games, who've watched the game back at home. Um, so playing and training with them has boosted our standards so much it's just been absolutely brilliant you know, playing at club level with those girls it's just taking the GB swans well, from strength to strength it's really really fantastic and of course the International Cup next year is the dream that we're hoping to uh, to get all the squad to yeah you played in Sydney first before obviously playing in the AFL London League how do you personally find the standard of the London competition compared to what you played in Sydney well, I think you can tell that a lot of the girls um, have, have been playing for a lot longer um, when, you, when I was in Sydney. You know, they have a lot more, they do have a lot more experience. And also, the understanding of the game, like I said, they're around it, they're in it. It's everywhere in Australia, as you know. So people are watching it, they're a lot more familiar with, um, with the game itself. Um, but the London League is absolutely developing. I'd say, I'd say it, was, it wasn't... But it depends on the team because, you know, there are certain teams within the league who are very, very, very strong, who are playing some excellent football. And the other teams, the league this year, like you said, we've now fielded 18 aside for every game as opposed to last year where there were times when, you know, we couldn't get that size and we were playing with much smaller size games, um, which, you know, which wasn't quite as good. Um, so everybody's learning a lot from just being around those better players. And I can imagine that next year the league's going to be even stronger. I'm hoping that we can attract some girls um, who are going to, you know, who hear about the Lindsay the league in London who are thinking oh I'm going to go travelling in Europe maybe I'll base myself in London and find one of those teams who are going to keep having that input you know, the nature of having um, the Aussie girls and, and the Kiwis is that quite often they're only around for short periods you know we're trying to make that league sustainable and we're also trying to get homegrown talent you know, you know the English girls into playing as well um, that's, that's the long term goal you mentioned originally being involved with the England Vixens. Did you have the opportunity to tour with them and play in the AFL uh, Euro Cup, which of course is the nine-a-side version? Yeah, I played the last two years, so I've been captain for the England Vixens the last two years. Um, when we played in, in London two years ago and in Croatia last year, which was brilliant. So we got silver two years ago and we got the gold uh, last year. We won, the, we won the cup last year, which was just an amazing experience. And, and that that sort of really being involved in that has just cemented why I love the sport so much. You know, the people you meet, it, I've, I've played team sports all my life, you know, soccer, netball, hockey, all those types of things. But and I love those. I still play soccer now. But 
there's something different about Aussie rules. It's, you know, the people and the freedom of the game. The game itself is just wonderful. It's so open. You know, when that ball bounces in soccer, you can pretty much tell where it's going to go. When it bounces and it hits the ground in Aussie rules, it could go anywhere. You know, you can get tackled all over the place. It's a lot, much freer game. Um, and I just love the simplicity of it, but just how, you know, unpredictable it can be and open it can be. And, you, you know, you score a goal in football, it's worth one goal in soccer, sorry. Um, you know, in, in Aussie rules, you get, you, it's a little bit wide and you get one point compared to your six points. It's just, I just love it. It's, it's a great GB Swans program didn't just start the last month or two. It's been going for a little while now on purpose to set up for the International Cup in August next year. How long have you been involved in the Swans program and what commitment does it take in the way of training and obviously getting the squad together to prepare, first of all, for your first major tournament, this one uh, coming up this weekend? So, so we set up first official tournament we've entered into the Champions League mm-hmm. um, in Amsterdam which I wasn't involved in that that was that started up prior to um, prior to my involvement that was before we'd hosted you know any training sessions or selections that was a sort of let's put it out there um, and just start you know start the ball rolling as it were uh, we played in the AFL London pre-season cup as a way of playing together as a team a bit of a practice training session getting some people involved giving them the opportunity because we've got you know Scottish girls who live hundreds of miles away um, who are obviously a part of GB so it was a great opportunity for them to come down and get some competitive football in an 18 side um, environment so I guess I've been involved oh wow where are we now I guess I've been involved for four or five months um, with the GB Swans but like you said it's all just about starting it off and that, that goal is the International Cup that's what we're all preparing for training wise we've had a couple of training weekends um, we've had the selection weekend and we've got another couple of things planned in um, over, we're going to be doing some tours we're hoping to go over to Ireland to play against the team over there for a bit of a practice match come next year in preparation so we've, we've got things strategically planned in which is great because it means it gives the girls dates to work towards and, and training sessions that they need to be preparing for but it take because we're all so spread out for us all to get together to train it, you know is, is a huge deal um, so we have to do a lot of the training um, ourselves but that's why the London League's great you know quite a lot of the girls are playing in that London League so as soon as that kicks off again you know pre-season starting in I guess sort of February March kind of time um, the girls will all be fighting fit ready it's perfect timing for when we will go out to Australia in the summer a very interesting tournament. It's a three-team tournament where you'll play each other twice. Uh, you've got the European Crusaders in there, which is a mix of the French, the Scandinavians, and I believe one or two ring-in Aussies just to make up numbers. And you've also got the Irish, who of course won International Cup uh, 2011 and were runners-up in 2014. It's, it's going to be really tough. And the most difficult thing is you just don't know what to expect. You know, this European Crusaders team are going to be a mixed bag from all over the place but that, the thing about them is we just have no idea what to expect from them you know they're going to have some really strong players like you said they've got a few ringers and Aussies in there who are going to spice things up but the Irish team I mean they have always been consistently very very strong um, we played them when I played for England the Irish Irish team put a team in two years ago to the Euro Cup and, and they won we came second but they beat us in the final but it was very 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 close now a lot of the girls that played in that England team are now representing GB and of course we've gained all, you know, all of the other girls the Scottish girls we've got a Welsh girl who's playing for us as well um, so it's just going to be such an interesting tournament and the fact we get to play each other twice as well I think the second game is going to be very different to the first game you know because we just we don't know what to expect we don't know how the team's going to go out we don't know their tactics um, so it's, it's kind of nerve-wracking like that but it's incredibly exciting really really great 
As captain of the side, you would have obviously put a, a keen eye over everyone's form. Who's been some of the players that have been standing out in the AFL London competition of late, putting their hand up in form for the GB Swans team? Okay, so I'd say we've had, we've had a couple of people who are just nursing a few injuries, um, but we've got some people who are, who are always going to be strong. We've got uh, Lisa Wilson has come a long way. I played with her. She was she's one of the people who's really invested a lot of time in developing Aussie rules in the UK. She's been there from you know the first day that I you know got back and said, look who's who's up to starting something up here. She's really invested a huge amount of time. Um, so she's really improved and she's looking very very sharp. She's just coming back from a, a thumb injury I think she had, um, but she's really looking sharp and she's very positive with the way she played. She played for the Wimbledon Hawks who won um, who won the grand final um, and there were a number of other girls that also played for them. There. We've got um, Louise Darby who's playing for the, for the Hawks very good. Jen Bennett's also playing for the Hawks, very strong players. You know, some really great girls. And then we've got a couple of the girls who from Nottingham um, are very, very strong. He's been playing in that London League. Lee Cobham is, you know, a phenomenal athlete. Um, we've got some of the girls, we've got Danny Salter, Alex Salter, both those Salter sisters are very, very strong. And Rania Ramadan, who's, who's great up top, who's, who kicks goals for fun. So I'm, I'm hoping it's all going to come together at the right time. Like I said, we've got a few people rehabbing some injuries at the moment, um, but they are, it's going to be a very, very, very strong, strong GB team that you're going to see out there. And for those listening, how would you describe yourself as a footballer? Oh, well, I'm, t- I'm tiny. I'm very small. I'm five foot three, um, so I'm one of the smallest on the field. I've got a big gob that makes up to my, uh, my small stature. Um, and I'm, 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 a ro- I'm a rover, so I'm, I'm in and around all the time. Um, I try and use my low centre of gravity to tackle players, and I just get stuck in, basically. Um, and I run around, want to be anywhere near the ball is, um, putting on the shepherds, you know, giving up the bumps, making sure that we're just keeping possession and getting them off the ball as much as possible. That's, that's kind of how I describe myself. And I guess with the Olympics on at the moment, and of course the men are starting early in the championships, I guess everyone's feeling very patriotic at the moment. So what does it mean for you personally to be captain of Great Britain? Uh, it is a huge, huge honour, and uh, I really hope I'm able to articulate that to the team um, of just how, how important it is to me. It's it's just been amazing. To Captain the Vixens was just a phenomenal experience, you know. Brought a tear to my eye. I was very, very emotional, you know, both those times when I've captained that team. To Captain GB, this huge group of players, these players who are just such high skill levels and have shown so much commitment and dedication is just, oh, wow, it, it's amazing. It really is. It, to represent your country is phenomenal. And if you ever get the opportunity to do it, I mean, those people who have done it will know how important that is. No matter what the sporting event is, um, but to captain and to be the leader and to be, you know, leading that team out is just huge. And I will never ever take that for granted. It's, you know, it's it's really brilliant, really really great experience. I'm so grateful I was chosen. Um, I'm really thankful for uh, to the coaches choosing me as captain. A couple of great vice captains as well to help me oh, out. We should mention them. Absolutely, yeah. I've got some really great vice captains. Um, so I've got Stacey Hughes, I've got Chloe Hall, and I've got Rania Ramadan. Those girls are just, those are brilliant as well. Um, and Chloe Hall, particularly, she, she joined in the London League um, a little bit late on towards the end. She's a really promising star. She's a young one. I mean, I'm getting a little bit older now, um, but she's a really, really talented athlete. Um, you'll see her kick quite a number of goals, I would have thought, in this tournament. Um, so, yeah, so we're just trying to invest in the future as well. Um, and I'm going to use my leadership to develop those girls, and hopefully they can pass it on to know all the people that they meet and try and galvanize them into action as well and just quickly because of where the tournament is on in middle of august um it is literally the 12 month mark until the ic cup starts for next year in melbourne are you uh, already got the new calendar out and starting to count down the days 
We are, yeah, we absolutely are. I think at the moment, to be honest, we're focusing mainly on this tournament. So the talk has all been about this European Championships. It's in the background. We all know, and particularly those people in the leadership roles at, at, uh, at GB have been talking and we're making plans. You know, we're, we're trying as much as we possibly can to look at getting sponsorship to get all the girls out there. You know, it's a huge commitment and we all fund our own stuff at the moment. Kids and event and, uh, and travel and entering events and all that type of thing. So we're, we're working quite closely with sponsors. Apparently, uh, Richard Branson's quite heavily involved in, in, in AFL in Australia. I don't know, I don't, I don't know whether, it's, uh, whether I should perhaps tweet him directly or, or, or write him a note see if he's potentially interested in sponsoring us but, but yeah so you know we've got a couple of people who are possibly looking at helping the girls out but like I said at the moment we are just focused on this tournament this is the you know the, the primary focus for us at the moment but yeah after that we'll be looking at getting ourselves to the International Cup smashing it there. And we thank Laura Turner very much for her time and wish her all the very best as she captains the Great Britain Swans. Now, one of her key rivals is the Irish Banshees. They, of course, uh, won the International Cup Women's Division in 2011, but were defeated in the grand final by Canada in 2014. I've got on the line co-coach of the Irish Banshees and uh, Pat Levy. Pat, thank you very much for joining us. Based off uh, 2014 and not getting the chocolates against Canada. What are your expectations coming into this major tournament, the European Championships, for your Irish Banshees? Well, the team that we have in the European Championships this year is quite a new team. Obviously, the Irish Banshees are focusing on the longer picture, which is the International Cup in 2017 back down in Melbourne. So the team that we brought to London this week is a kind of a mix of youth and experience. We have five girls who played in the IC14 with an additional girl who played in IC11. And apart from that, the rest is a brand new team. So it's exciting times. It's uh, it's the first time out playing international football, so it'll be very interesting to see how they adapt to the full 18 aside format. Because as you know, with the size of the pitches, there's no ovals in Ireland, so we just play a 14 aside format there between nines and 14 aside, depending on which pitch we have. So it's exciting times, and looking forward to seeing how the girls fare out. Uh, particularly when you take on, I guess, your, your main opponent is going to be the Great Britain Swans. They've set up a program which has been going for several months, uh, training together. What about on the Banshee side of the, of the equation? How often has the girls been able to get together and how long for heading into these championships? The girls get together every second Saturday. So just obviously because there's players are travelling great distances to collectively train together. Because we've some from Belfast, Kerry, Donegal, Dublin. It's quite long distance, maybe three hour travel time for some of the girls. So we train every second Saturday and um, they, that's the collective training and obviously the girls do their own training then midweek on their own. So they use their Gaelic football skills or the Gaelic football clubs to train for the aerobic fitness levels and then they just work on skills when they come together as the Banshees. And you talk about Gaelic football. We know, of course, over in Great Britain, they've got the Aussie Rules competition, 18 aside, four teams that plays for three or four months. What is the Aussie Rules competition like in Ireland, or is it predominantly Gaelic with only just the one or two odd scratch matches of Aussie Rules? It is predominantly Gaelic. The girls, uh, there's two, two teams up and running. So they, there's one in Belfast and one in Dublin and they just collectively meet along when the guys are playing in the Airfly Men's League they, in the 20 in 2016 we had carnival rounds so obviously because we were preparing for uh, the, the European Championships this year it was a shorter season so to condense down the season we held carnivals and the girls would just play a match at every carnival and then uh, on top of the carnival rounds we would train every second Saturday 
it's not as well structured as the London League because the London League is obviously a very high standard at the minute they're really putting the work in and the groundwork is there and the results will be seen this weekend but in Ireland we're a bit behind that in development stages but we're hopeful that we'll catch up with them quite soon I guess in one way you've had shall I call it your spies over in Great Britain you've had two Irish players play for the Wandsworth Demons I believe in Mulcahy and Connolly yes we've had two uh, so Nora Mulcahy is a She's our Rook Rover, so she's one of our leadership group. She's had a very strong season with the Wandsworth Demons this year. Uh, her sister is quite a well-known lady, Gaelic footballer. She's won numerous All-Irelands. And, you know, Honora definitely has the breeding there. We expect big things from her this weekend. And then we also have Linda Connolly, who has won a few All-Irelands in ladies' Gaelic football with her county Mayo back in the day a few years ago. So there she is playing centre and on the wing for the Demons and both of them have really strong seasons in London so we'll be expecting big things from them and I suppose for those two girls they have the added bonus of playing against their club mates so they, I'm sure they'll want to, to be a bit of one-upsmanship they'll want to get the better of their club mates so hopefully they'll produce the goods for us. And uh, what is the uh, squad that you're taking over? How many players? And do you expect that one or two might pull on the jumper as well for uh, the European Crusaders, who are kind of like a mishmash of the best of Europe and, and a few Great Britain? And I, I'm thinking maybe one or two Ireland, Ireland ring-ins as well? We are currently travelling with a squad of 26. So we have a game day squad of 24. So we have a few girls who obviously with work commitments can't make the games on the Thursday. So we have a few girls flying in the, on the Friday to assist on the Friday, and then obviously if we make the finals on the Saturday, we'll have them available for the Saturday. Uh, with regarding the Crusaders, there's an awful lot of girls based in the English League here in London who are looking to play for those, so I would think that the Crusaders will predominantly be made up of the girls who tried out for the GB squad and just were unfortunate not to make it. So we have, uh, I don't anticipate any of the Irish girls playing for the Crusaders at this tournament, but they may play for them in maybe Lisbon if there's a Crusaders team in Lisbon I would expect them to play there at the Nines competition You've talked about a lot of new players playing for Ireland out of the the new players that have crossed over from Gaelic to to have a go at Aussie rules who's impressed you the most? There is it's actually there's a combination of players that really impressed us Um, there's one of our centres is Claire Donnelly she's just picked up the sport this year and just really has a good footy brain on her she's always in the right position at the right time so if there's kind of the, the dirty ball to be won the one percenters in around the centre she's in there on the ball getting down on it and getting it away so she's one of our key players in the centre then in the forwards we have Naomi Curtis is going to be in the full forward line for us she's really really hungry for the ball also strong leads from the full forward position and has good hands expect her to get clean marks and hopefully get good clean set shots on goal so there's a few have been there the rest they, we have a very strong forward line so they, they're always making the right runs but they're the two who have, been, have really stood out for us so far this year one thing that we need to look forward to before we talk about the International Cup is obviously that the uh, AFL National Women's Competition is going to start in, in February next year. And, of course, they're going to need a lot of players to start up, whether it be this year or in year two in 2018. We know, at least on the men's side, we've seen many great um, uh, um, Gaelic footballers cross to play Aussie rules, most notably Jim Steins and Ty Canelli. Do you think it may be possible that in a year or two time that we could be seeing an Irish girl uh, crossover from Gaelic to play in the actual national competition in Australia? Oh, without a doubt. Like the, the standard of the ladies' getting couple is very high. 
and as I say, some of the skills are intertransferable. Obviously, they're two totally different games, and sometimes some of the Gaelic players make the mistake of thinking that Aussie rules is more is closer closely linked to Gaelic football. But of the skills that are transferable, it gives the Irish ladies a huge opportunity over some of the girls from other countries, or even from the Australian girls themselves, that they can just transfer those skills in and just sit seamlessly into the the Aussie rules. I would think for a lot of the the Irish girls, it's a bit like the Ty Canelli situation or the Mardi Clark. They're probably best suited to the half-back line or the, the wings, but as opposed to maybe out and out forwards. But definitely I would see inside two or three years, if the AFL was to invest money and or invest the, the scouting into into Ireland, then they would definitely find players who are quality who could just sit seamlessly into the women's AFL league over there at the top division. No problem at all. And finally, before we let you go, what's the plan after the championships? You, you, from after uh, London, you essentially got 12 months until the uh, International Cup begins in Melbourne for 2017. Yes, so the plan is we have one more tournament this year. So in Europe, we have a great development uh, competition on every year. It's called the Euro Cup. So it's a nine-a-side competition. And it moves around to all the various countries in Europe. So this year there's going to be a minimum of eight countries competing in the Women's League. So obviously the top two will be Ireland and England. And then there'll be, uh, there will also be Denmark, Norway, Sweden, France, Wales, Croatia, maybe potentially Italy. So there's, it's going to be a strong competition there. So that will be the next thing. So for the, the squad of 16 that goes to Lisbon, the Irish team will bring a mix of girls who has travel to the European Championships in London and, and then a few other girls who have yet to play for the Irish team just to give them a, a taste of international football. So following that, I suppose we we're developing a, quite a good relationship with the GB Swans, with the with the British national team, because obviously we were helping one another to develop the game and the sport and the community in Europe. So we're due to play the, the GB Swans in Dublin in October. Then we will return the the favour early next year come back over to London to play them in London and then we'll just follow that up with scratch matches as we prepare to take on the rest of the world at the International Cup and hope to go one better than we did last year or the last time Well Pat thank you very much for joining us here on the girlsplayfooty.com podcast and we wish you and your girls all the very best as they take on uh, the Great Britain Swans and the European Crusaders this Thursday Friday and Saturday at the AFL European Championships yes. Thank you very much, and I hope that the three teams who take the field this weekend do women's football in in your crowd. They're obviously they have great heart, great determination, and the skills are coming along nicely. And we look forward to seeing at least two European teams over in the international cup next year, both GB Swans and the Irish Banshees, and uh, we'll see how we get on against the rest of the world. That's Irish Banshees co-coach Pat Levy. So we've heard from the GB Swans. We've heard from the Irish team. Now to hear for the third and final team in the women's division at the AFL European Championships, the European Crusaders. They're almost like an all-stars team made up from the best of Scandinavia. We've got Denmark, Norway, Sweden, France, plus a few ring-ins as well from uh, Great Britain, including some Aussies and some Kiwis to try and form a side that will be competitive against the Irish and Great Britain teams.
And that's why I've got on the line the captain of the European Crusaders, the honour going to Maria Volksgaard. Uh, Maria, thank you very much for joining us on the line. Uh, for you personally, uh, how do you feel uh, just a day or two away as we speak to you from pulling on that jumper and representing the Crusaders in the European Championships? Well, um, I'm excited about it. Uh, first time playing in the 18 aside full format uh, tournament, so that was going to be very exciting for me. Uh, only played one 18 aside game before, so this is going to be a massive muscle, but we can handle it. And, of course, for the European Crusaders, uh, you're a team, I believe, that's mixed of uh, a lot of players from Scandinavia, France, and I, I think even a few ring-ins from uh, some Aussies and Kiwis that might be based in the UK. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of help uh, from everywhere. Uh, we have girls from a handful of different clubs around uh, London. Uh, some of them are Aussies. Uh, we have one girl from New Zealand. Uh, we have several players from France and from Denmark. And, of course, how did the European Crusaders concept come about? Who, who had the idea to put this together, that the best of Europe would uh, field a team and, and play in this tournament? It was a joint effort between Berenger Patel and me. Uh, she's a French uh, team manager for the Cockerels. Um, and I wrote to AFL Europe uh, some, a lot of months ago <laughs> and asked them if, um, if there was going to be a Crusaders team this year because and not enough girls in Denmark to play. Um, and then uh, Berenger had the same problem. So we just joined efforts and got it together. And, of course, uh, fantastic to see that you've got a team now. Unlike, I guess, uh, the Great Britain girls who have been uh, training together, or at least in camps, the girls from England, the girls from Scotland, and the Irish have been training together. Because you're scattered all over the place, you haven't had the chance yet to train together, have you? No, we haven't um, trained together yet, um, so we are going to see how it goes. Um, our, also, our coach, uh, Cyril Masso, he's the, the team manager for the Danish national team, uh, for the women's side. Um, he, uh, he doesn't know the girls at all, so we're going to try to, to, to find out what's going on uh, on field as we go about the tournament. And I guess an interesting question is, have you tried to set up a Facebook group or, or something like that, at least uh, for the girls to communicate and get to know each other a little bit before uh, you all meet together uh, to play on the Thursday? Yeah, um, I, put a, I put together a Facebook group. First of all, I put together an uh, event because we were only 12 girls. 12 isn't enough for 18 aside. <laughs> so it was, um, it was a, a, an event. And then the girls joined in uh, and I have been posting things about the squad and uh, some about uh, all the information from AFL Europe. So that's how we, we kind of managed uh, getting together the team when we're in four different countries or <laughs> how and for you uh, personally, what are your hopes for the team in this tournament? You're taking on, um, as I said, Great Britain, who some of the girls play in the England competitions. So they play 18 aside a lot. Um, there's Ireland in there, who, of course, have made... Uh, they won the International Cup Women's Division in 2011, and they were runners-up in 2014. So what are the expectations for the team as you, as you come into this tournament? Uh, I think it's safe to say that we are the underdogs of the tournament um, and we have a team only consisting of 16 players. So uh, we are in the multiple hands of the, the Swans and the Banshees 
um, who will lend us players for the tournament. Um, we have never played together, as you also said earlier, uh, so we have to adjust as we begin the tournament to what the skill levels are, because we still don't know all of the girls, uh, haven't seen all of the girls playing yet. Um, when that said, uh, we are aiming to play the best footy as we can, and we want to develop uh, between games, getting better along the way and the duration of the tournament. So. Um, the hopes are not uh, sky high, but we want to play good footy. Um, for, for the girls uh, coming from Denmark, um, how often do you get to play football? Because uh, as we've been talking about with the AFL uh, London competition, they have a, a regular season that goes on for a, a good three months, so plenty of football for them. Um, I'm guessing you're playing something like nine aside in Denmark, so how often can you get together and kick the footy around? Um, yeah, we have we have one team um, founded in Denmark, and then uh, another team is, uh, is is starting up. They have uh, four girls by now. Um, at the moment in Denmark, we do not have enough for nine aside uh, tournament. Unfortunately, a lot of girls have moved on to to adult life, <laughs> not being able to play anymore. Unfortunately, so we are not. Uh, not that many players um, so I'm hoping to get uh, enough Danish girls together for the grand final of the, the Danish uh, ASL men's side tournament just so we can um, have an exhibition match together with uh, the Swedish team uh, let's look ahead to next year. Twelve months' time from now will be the International Cup uh, 2017 in Melbourne, Australia. Are you hoping that the Crusaders are able to stick together and, in fact, grow and, and hopefully have a team representing Europe there outside, obviously, from uh, Great Britain and Ireland? Yeah, well, um, I can hear that there's, like, many forces stirring around in Europe on the women's side of footy. Um, the Swedish national coach Ryan Davidson uh, sent me uh, a form for the uh, particip- participation of the Scandinavian team uh, for the IC17. Uh, so that would be Norway, Sweden, and Denmark. But also, uh, Benancia Portal has sent uh, in a form for participation of the Crusaders. So we can make sure that at least one more uh, women's team will go from uh, Europe to, to Australia. And it's just, we don't know how many uh, are actually thinking about this yet, but uh, we'll try to make the best of it. Um, and I don't know in the Crusaders now uh, how many of the players will join us uh, in IC17, um, but we're hoping to get as many female players as we can and as many f- uh, female teams from, from Europe to Australia next year. Of course, all the talk at the moment has been uh, for the overseas players and how good they are and hoping that maybe one or two from either America or from Europe will, will manage to get a spot on the uh, on one of the AFL clubs lists in the uh, National League next year here in Australia. Uh, if you were to look over some of the girls that you've played with or against in Europe, who are some of those that stick out in your memory as really good female footballers from your area? Wow, that's a, that's a really hard question. Um... I know that in the Crusaders team, we have players from the Danish national team, as I said, and we won silver in the Nine Aside Euro Cup. We have French players who won bronze in the Euro Cup. Uh, we have players who won the English uh, 
gold medal in the Euro Cup last year. So all of that is nine aside tournament and uh, it's a very different game to play 18 aside. So how the goals will go in 18 aside, I have no idea at all. And before we let you go, Maria, how, how would you describe yourself as a footballer? What type of role do you normally like to play? Normally, uh, that's also again in nine-a-side tournament where you have the where you have the footy more as, as a single player. In eighteen-a-side, it's more running without the footy. Um, but I'm a on baller, uh, aggressive on the ball. Uh, um, normally, with a reasonably good skill level and. Um, very controlling on field normally. And we thank Maria very much for her time and wish her all the very best as she captains the European Crusaders against the Great Britain Swans and Irish Banshees in the AFL European Championships Women's Division this week. So let's go into detail and find out who is playing who when. Out of the three teams, they'll actually play each other twice in a round-robin tournament and the top two will play off in the grand final. Now, these times are about to give you a uh, London Times, GMT. So uh, they begin on Thursday the 18th of August. First match, 1.30pm at Motspur Park in London uh, between the Great Britain Swans and the Irish Banshees. Straight afterwards, a quarter past two is the Irish Banshees versus the European Crusaders. And at 3pm, the European Crusaders then take on the Great Britain Swans. Then they all meet again on Friday the 19th of August. The next day, at 11.30am, the Irish Banshees take on the European Crusaders. At 12 15pm, the Great Britain Swans take on the Irish Banshees, and then at 1pm, the European Crusaders take on the Great Britain Swans. And again at Motspur Park in London, the grand final, Saturday 20th of August, 2.30pm London time, the Women's Grand Final, and uh, I've been told it will be streamed online, which is about 11.30pm Saturday night Melbourne time, 9.30pm Saturday night Perth time. Uh, as soon as we find out more information and uh, get that link, we'll let you know on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash girlsplayfooty, and look for the Girls Play Footy uh, uh, Twitter handle as well, and we'll put the link out there for you. Or for more information, you can go to afleurope.org. I've been Peter Holden. Thank you very much for your company, and I look forward to bringing you soon another girlsplayfooty.com podcast. Bye for now.